What's up, y'all? I got a dance deal for you, Chicago. Hubbard Street Dance heats up the Harris Theater stage with its spring series of joy next week. Now, this is some of the most dynamic, cutting-edge contemporary dance made by the world's leading choreographers right here in Chicago. I'm excited for Echoes of Our Ancestors by Maria Torres, among other creators. But you can only catch it for three performances between May 17th and May 19th. Luckily, CityCast Chicago listeners can get tickets in any section for 20% off using code CityCast online or over the phone. Visit HubbardStreetDance.com for details and use code CityCast. Today on CityCast Chicago, on any given morning, you could see people line up around the block of El Milagro factories waiting to get hot, fresh tortillas. But in recent months, we all paid a little more attention to the workers in those factories as they became more vocal on calling out unsafe work conditions and low pay. We sit down with one of those workers and City Bureau reporter Sarah Conway tells us how labor organizing is happening in food production across Chicago. It's Thursday, May 26th. I'm Jacoby Cochran and this is CityCast Chicago. Can you, Sarah, tell me what were the conditions like in its southwest side factories in the early part of the pandemic? El Milagro workers have reported that early on in the pandemic, there was a lot of fear. People were really concerned about the spread of COVID. Uh, workers were, you know, voluntarily masking, um, but people were really unsure about the spread in their own workplaces. Primeramente miedo, ¿verdad? Porque no sabíamos cómo cómo nos iba a ir con la con la nueva enfermedad. You know, it was a new disease. Uh, nobody knew what was going to happen, how hard it was going to be. Uh, so we were afraid, uh, and we were afraid not only in the factory. We were afraid also at home. We were afraid in the street. Muriendo por eso, entonces, este, en el trabajo. And then uh, deaths started happening. My name is Pedro Manzanares. Uh, I am 52 years old and I've been working 18 years for El Milagro. Um, and it wasn't until some workers started contracting COVID. Um, one worker in particular died of COVID-19 that work like workplaces were shuttered and and they were quarantined for a number of weeks. Ultimately, at least 85 workers um, contracted COVID-19 and and five died who had been working at at El Milagro. You know, when when you're working in food production or any factory work, you're working really closely alongside people on on production lines. Este, y hubo muchos muchos contagios, pero este I was uh, with, with hand sanitizer day in and day out all the time, very afraid to touch surfaces that are commonly touched by many other workers. So it was just a, a, a full environment of fear. That's what we felt. And I think like the other thing to note is that uh, El Milagro, like many food production places in, in Chicago, in the Chicagoland area, which we are one of the largest food production hubs in the country, there are a lot of people um, who work these jobs that fall outside of the social safety net. Um, and 
I think a lot of people felt compelled to keep working, you know, as Pedro um, Manzanares had noted, and there, when there's no uh, money, if you don't work for food or rent, um, when you can't tap into the social safety net because of your immigration status, you know, a lot of people kept working, even though they were really, really afraid of the spread of COVID-19. I, I realize we, we should back up just a little bit. Sure. Regardless of what store I go into, I see El Milagro products. There was a period during the pandemic uh, when, you know, production had stalled and, and you wouldn't see it as often. But can you tell me how big is El Milagro? Like how many factories and workers are, are in Chicago? There's uh, at least three factories in Chicago and there's hundreds of workers here. My understanding with the tortilla shortage is that it was really linked to factories having to quarantine because of the spread of COVID-19. Um, and then also, you know, like, I think not, this isn't exclusive to El Milagro, but there was like a huge demand from so many people being at home early on in, in the pandemic um, that there was a lot of consumer demand. How, how popular would you say El Milagro is in Chicago? Like how well known is it? Being El Milagro is an institution, you know, like I, I think especially for like the Latinx community and, and others in Chicago, so many people love and cherish and buy El Milagro products. But that being said, workers at El Milagro and other tortilla workers in Chicago, they really want better working conditions. They, they want better pay. They want better treatment at work. Pues de diferentes cosas, ¿no? Principalmente el salario es lo que... And wages have always been increased in like 25 cents. So that's all you get for one year. And if they forget it, you get 25, year, 25 cents for two years or 25 cents for three years. Como les dije, había descontentos de diferentes tipos, desde el calor dentro de la planta. There were many complaints. One of them was the heat. Uh, we had complaints because they had eliminated drinking fountain, a water fountain, and didn't replace it. Uh, and then the, the increased uh, speed of the machines. So there were many, many, many complaints all at the same time. You know, there's this... this economic concept of like the great resignation and, and that's very true like there's been millions of workers in the u.s who have left their jobs uh, people are leaving you know jobs that they don't feel fulfilled in or they want you know better benefits or, or better working conditions but i was really curious about like what does the great resignation look like for for low-wage food production workers in chicago and people who could leave their jobs um many did you know, like people who are older, maybe they could be taken care of by family members, um, people who could find different jobs. But there were a lot of people who need and, and want their jobs. You know, maybe they hate because of immigration status, maybe just because with El Milagro factories in Little Village, like the appeal of being able to to work where near where you live. And so with there being vacancy from some people being able to leave. What workers saw was that there were new workers coming in who were being paid at higher rates than people who had been working there for decades. And that pay disparity um, was one incentive, I think, for people to workers to start organizing amongst themselves.
So if I'm understanding you correct, they, for many workers who are already putting up with maybe years or decades of concerns, the pandemic hits and now they're seeing some of their uh, co-workers leave, they're being worked harder, they're not seeing their wages increased or they're not being treated as, like they're essential. And then to, to make matters worse, as new people are being brought in, they're being paid higher. Yeah. And, and after that, what, what, do, uh, what do they decide to do? Pues como les dije, mucha gente, había mucho descontento. We heard that uh, workers, our co-workers at the other plant on 36th Street had done something and they had gotten a wage increase. And we said, well, this is the moment to do something ourselves. We have to organize also at the 31st Street plant. After decades of steady membership decline in unions nationally, petitions for union elections are up like 57 percent in 2020, according to national uh, labor relations board data. Chicago actually had the third largest increase in union election petitions nationwide. But not all workers are turning to um, forming their own unions to do worker activism. Um, when we look at like El Milagro or Authentico Foods or other food production um, places in the Chicago area and even outside of food production, there seems to be a trend of workers, particularly immigrant workers, really turning to using worker committees, which is um, it, it's a right that private sector workers in the U.S. have. It is basically when at least two workers at a workplace come together and they want to improve worker conditions, they want to make health and safety in their workplace something that they're working on improving. So is that like... And, and I hate to say this, I hope it doesn't sound wrong, but is it like union light? So it's like maybe not the elections and not the bureaucracy and the dues, but still the idea of collectivity? Yes, exactly. You're not turning in a petition to the NLRB, ultimately like a worker committee. Some of them are recognized by employers and, and others while reporting this story, you know, workers form worker committees, but they still had not, um, management hadn't really acknowledged them. But it is kind of like a union light entity. I mean, there are, it is federally protected, so you're not supposed to experience retribution by your employer for forming them. And that's really like the vehicle that, particularly amongst tortilla workers in Chicago, that they've been using to organize in their workplace. We, we obtain historical wages, uh, wage increases. Uh, instead of the 25 or 30 cents we would have gotten it, we got around $2 and some people even $3.60 uh, per hour. Uh, those wages, those increases would have never been possible if we did it on an individual basis. Their wins, um, I think, really paved a way for other low-wage food production workers um, who are also immigrants to see that, like, these wins are possible. And so Authentico Foods uh, workers, they had formed a worker committee and um, they had gone to management, um, you know, to really address low pay, um, abusive managers insufficient breaks under the state's one-day uh, rest in Seven Act. And um, what was reported was that three of the workers at Authentico Foods were fired. And, and the workers had really said that they felt that they were fired 
um, in retribution for organizing. But like their organizing has brought about some changes at Authentico Foods around doing trainings amongst managers, improving the the break system so that people are able to have rest and a break during an eight hour workday, um, and also to have some increases in pay. So I think that that's you know one of those things that like you know workers can have wins, but there's still uh, there's still a lot that they can lose, you know. My last question, Sarah, we've seen the organizing at El Milagro inspire individuals at Authentico. Do you see this momentum slowing down or is this just going to spread from factory to factory, workplace to workplace? This is a moment um, of a lot of transformation or organizing amongst workers nationally. A lot of workers were very dissatisfied by what they experienced in the pandemic, particularly low-wage workers. And a lot of people are organizing. Uh, so I think it's something we're going to keep seeing in the Chicagoland area. Um, I don't think that worker worker activism locally or nationally is going to slow down. Al, al grupo de trabajadores de, de, we workers, Latino workers, essential Latino workers, have always been overexploited. And uh, this has been like a wake-up call. Uh, and then people realize that there is support for this kind of struggles. And uh, so I, I hope that more and more people uh, follow the example. Pedro Manzanares is a worker at El Milagro. Sarah Conway is a reporter with City Bureau. And we got translation help from Jorge Mujica with Arise Chicago, the group that's been helping organize tortilla workers. We also reached out to Authentico Foods about the workers who were fired. And CEO Alejandro Castro said in a statement, we don't comment on employee concerns. We have an open door policy through which our employees are welcome and encouraged to discuss and resolve their concerns with management. El Milagro did not respond to our request for comment. Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. The Bally's $1.7 billion riverfront casino and resort in River West that I keep talking about. Well, yeah, it was approved 41 to 7 in city council this week. Now the plan goes to the Illinois Gaming Board for final approval. The council also voted 30 to 19 in favor of changing the curfew for minors from 11 p.m. to 10 p.m. A note for your calendar. Early voting will now begin in Chicago Tuesday, May 31st for ballot changes. If you need any more info on voting, whether in person or by mail, listen to our episode with the Chicago Board of Elections. And some good news to get you through. Tomorrow, the Mole de Mayo Festival returns to Pilsen for the first time since 2019. There's going to be art, music, food, and even some Lucha Libre Saturday and Sunday afternoon. We're talking about this and other good news at a time when we need it most in today's newsletter. You can subscribe at chicago.citycast.fm and please, please, please share with your friends and family for a chance to win CityCast merch. As always, I appreciate you for listening. Same time tomorrow. Peace. I'm doing the most. All right, here y'all go.